I welcome you this morning. <clears throat> We're going to be speaking in the book of James, but before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray that you just open our hearts and our minds to hear your word, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you use your words, speak through me, but may your words come out, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to share in your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. <clears throat> We're going to be speaking in James, but first I want to give you an overview on the book of James. James wrote to the Jewish Christians because they were scattered throughout the Macedonian uh, world because of persecution. The book of James is an outline of what a Christian should be, how a Christian should act. I've, when I first got saved, the book of James was the first book I read because it was practical and because it was short. <laughs> but the book of James is like a practice what you preach book. If you say that you are a Christian, act like one. And basically the book of James throughout the whole book, even though it's a short book, it's an encouragement on how to act as a Christian. It's a guideline. And as we go through it, analyze yourself. Is this what I'm doing? James wrote this book to encourage, just like a few weeks ago when I spoke about Paul writing to encourage, James is also encouraging. Now, this James is Jesus' brother. Okay? It's not the disciple. This is Jesus' brother, James, who eventually became a leader in Jerusalem for the church. And he knew that there was a lot going on. So he decided to encourage Jewish Christians. And we can take a lot of this as Christians today. You know, when James first starts, you know, he gives us practical stuff. He says, you know, to consider it pure joy, my brother, whenever you face trials. He doesn't say if. He says when. We're going to face them. And he talks about that. And then as he goes further along, he says, even though you listen to the word, you need to do it. You need to put feet and hands to the word. Just hearing it is not going to accomplish anything. If you're a born-again Christian, you need to be doing something. 
And then he talks about genuine faith. And throughout the whole book, it's an encouragement of how Christians should act. How we should really show our representative of Christ. We're going to be talking today on chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Now this really sounds pretty harsh when he talks about this, about taming the tongue. But listen to what he has to say, and then we'll talk about it as we go along. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put a bit into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take a ship, for example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, set the whole course of his life on fire, and it itself on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man, no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise the Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in God's image. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brother, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Now listening to this, we have no hope. We can't tame our tongue. It's at the pit. He says it's like the pits of hell. There's no man can tame. So should we just give up? No. He also says that We need to control it. Now, God knows that man cannot tame his tongue. That's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us a helper because he knew that we couldn't do it on our own. 
We're not expected to do it on our own, because we can't. It's humanly impossible. But when we get saved, Jesus gave us a helper, the Holy Spirit. And that's what we'll be talking a little bit on Wednesday night is how to use the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit moves in our lives. And you stop and think about it. How often do we use that resource? So we'll start in the beginning. Not many of you should presume to be leaders and brothers because you know that we will be we who teach will be judged more strictly. He's talking about the Jewish Christians at this time wanted to teach. They wanted to teach God's word. And we as believers are still teachers. We can teach people, but it comes with a great responsibility. If you declare yourself as a Christian, James is saying, act like one. What you say and what you do really affects lives. And we're going to be accountable for that. Our tongue can uplift, encourage, or it can bring the wrath of hell, as James mentions here. What are we doing with it? He's not saying that we're going to be able to control it. But we can minimize the damage it can do by letting the Holy Spirit guide us. You think about the small, about a forest fire and how a little teeny spark can burn thousands of acres caused by just a little spark. Our tongue can do the same thing. Our tongue can ruin testimony that we have built, that took years to build. Our tongue can ruin that in just seconds. And James is encouraging people to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because that's the only way we can control our tongue. Now, I'm the first one to admit that I'm a work in progress. We have trouble controlling our tongue. And controlling your tongue isn't just being, well, cursing the Lord or saying. Controlling your tongue is gossip, is uplifting. If we don't have anything nice to say, do we really need to say it? We need to stop and think. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because that will bring forth the fruit that James is, James is talking about. If you claim to be a Christian, then act like one. Practice what you preach. If the Lord is the Lord of your heart, he should be the Lord of your, of your lips. Everything that comes out of your mouth 
is what's in your heart. Think about what you say before you say it. Many of friendships have been broken because of when we get hurt. If somebody hurts us, we lash out. We don't stop and think. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit to be able to calm us and let the Lord handle it. We were talking about that in Sunday school. How sometimes we get angry with people. Our first place should be is to go to God with it. Vengeance is not ours. It's the Lord's. And the first person we should go to is God. Talk to him about it. We were talking about it in Sunday school that, you know, it hurts more when a friend betrays you. It's harder to deal with it. We can deal with our enemies, but we can't deal with a friend hurting us. We need to be sensitive to that. We need to pray for that. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. James is always says in here that it's impossible. No man, no man can tame the tongue. But we can help with the Holy Spirit's help. We can help, like I said, control the damage it can do. Now, a couple weeks ago when I spoke about encouragement, Paul gave 16 examples of how to encourage people as Christians. And the book of James was wrote to Christian believers. And that's what it's all about. It's all about learning to control what we say. Don't be quick to speak. The tongue, we praise the Lord and we curse men that are created in God's image. He says, brothers, this should not be as we praise God, we shouldn't be cursing him. We shouldn't be cursing our brother. But it also means not only cursing, but talking about them behind their back. Stuff that we take for granted every day. When we're listening to somebody say something bad about somebody else, what do we do? Do we step in and say, really, that's between them and God? Or do we just go along with it? You realize that going along with it is just as bad as gossiping? because you're not doing anything to stop it. That's something that we do every day and don't even realize it. And we need to think about these things because we do it so naturally. It's our human nature. That's what James was talking about. Our human nature is going to be evil. And Jesus knew that. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you, 
to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit this week. Think about one person. I challenge you to think about one person that you need to be kind to this week because you haven't been. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. This is what a Christian's supposed to act like. And sometimes we fall short. I'll be the first to admit, I fall short. I struggle with it all the time, just as I'm sure every one of you do. But we are to lift up. We are to encourage So next time you're going to tell somebody about somebody that's doing something wrong, stop and think about it. Does it really need to be said? Should you go along with somebody else talking about somebody, putting somebody else down? These are the things we do every day and we take them for granted. We don't realize. And this is what James was trying to say here, that we need to control our tongue. It shouldn't be that we should have praise and cursing coming out of the same mouth. Because like we said, if the Lord is the Lord of our hearts, he should be the Lord of our lips too. We should practice what we preach. We should take being a Christian seriously. And it's not always easy. Because we all fall short. And, you know, the book of James emphasizes faith and actions. If we're a Christian, just hearing the word isn't enough. If we just hear the word, sit in the seat, hear the word, go home on Sunday, and do nothing about it, what has that done? You might as well not even have heard the word. We need to get out there. We need to reach people. All through the Bible, it tells us to command us to make disciples. And it's not saying go out and do a whole bunch of people. One at a time. Make disciples one at a time. Speak to people. If we're seriously about being a Christian, calling ourselves a Christian, we need to act like one. And the book of James, through the whole book, encourages and gives a guideline on how we need to act like a Christian. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He didn't say it was even going to be fun. Because sometimes it isn't. But in the beginning, he says, consider it pure joy. That was in chapter 1, before he even starts, he says, consider it pure joy for our trials and our tribulations. How many times when we go through trials and tribulations do we consider them real joy? Be honest. We don't. But 
we go through these things because God wants us to grow. Through our trials and through our tribulations, we may be able to help somebody else that are going through the same thing because we've already been through it. God doesn't just put us through trials and tribulations for the fun of it. He doesn't do it to be mean to us. He does it because he loves us. And he knows each and every person how much he can put on that person. How much stress, how much temptation that he can put on it to make that person the best he can be. Or the best she can be. Think of Jesus as a coach that wants to see the best come out in his players. He may push certain people further and harder because he knows their potential. And that's why some of us go through a lot of trials and we say, how come so-and-so is, just seems to just go through life without any problems? Maybe they can't handle it. Only God knows that. Only God knows each one of our situations. And so to sum it all up, what we say with our tongue affects other people. It should encourage other people. You stop and think about what we say, what actions we do, affect other people's lives. It says that we're going to be accountable for every careless word. Think about that. When you're standing before God and he says, what about this time? What about that time? Are your words going to acquit you or are they going to condemn you? The words that come out of your mouth changes other people's lives. They should encourage, not put down, So I encourage you this week. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If he's telling you to go speak to somebody, do it. If somebody has wronged you, do not replace evil with evil. Pray about that. Let the Holy Spirit help you. We can't do it on our own. The Christian life was not meant to live on our own strength. It was meant to live with God's strength. We cannot do it on our own. No man can tame his own tongue. But through God, everything is possible. Do we allow him to do that? So again, I encourage you. 
as we go through this week. Watch what you say. And be doers of the word. If you hear it, put feet to your actions. That's what James says towards the end. He says, faith without deeds, what is it? If you're a true Christian and he's doing what God wants you to do, there will be a life change. If you're truly a born-again believer, there will be a life change in you. Do people see that? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you with a humble heart, knowing that we've failed miserably, but knowing that you're there to pick us up every time. You're there to encourage us. You're waiting there with open arms to bring us back every time we fail. But may we come back with a repentive heart and learn so that you may use us to make disciples like you command us to. In Jesus' precious name, amen.